Hi, I'm Danny Penna, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorello. Get strong. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to a Saturday morning edition of Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Um, Frank uh, DeMeo sent me a great note. Um, it all had to do with Danny, and then there was a picture of me carrying the Hoosa Steel Stone in the winter. And I said, there's nothing like taking a walk in the snow. And he puts down, he goes, that's an awesome shot. And he goes, I'm going to call you now the Italian bulldozer. So uh, I guess that's what we can call this radio show, the Italian bulldozer. And I thank Frank for that. Frank's not too shabby either, man. There's a guy in his mid-60s that's still hauling big weights. Good, good friend. He's going to be on, I believe, in August it is, too. He hasn't been on in a while. Um, we always do great shows, and, you know, he's another one. Um, been around a long time. Um, we show total respect to people like that, and we want them involved because, you know, as I say, once these gentlemen and ladies are gone, yeah, we've got the recordings and everything, but it's not the same as speaking with them. They have so much information to lend, and they give it without asking anything when they're on here with us. So think about that. Also, too, um, Winners and Champions, that is the premier product. We talk about marketing, advertising, all that stuff. If you want to come in here and contribute to this show, to the business, buy it. It's 14 modules. I speak through each one, and it tackles just about everything out there. Especially now, when I posted uh, the pictures of Danny out there, my nephew's nine, um, you can see what goes on over here. I don't put a lot of stuff up like that anymore. We're going to be doing some more, but um, family, too. I'm a little bit private with a lot of that stuff, but I was so proud of him. I mean, and... I'm telling you, folks, not because he's my nephew, he was flawless. I mean, you teach him, his father was there with me, his father's Dan. Um, Just incredible. And when you watch this type of stuff, I don't know who wouldn't feel great. It was just a great, great day out there. And uh, then he came in and he did a bumper spot for the show, and this kid he was so poised. He read it right off and bang. That'll be on the front end. Um, Stevie Shank's show will be up today. Um, and Danny will introduce me and Motivation Muscle and wait to hear the show with Stevie. We talked about the gathering. That's, you know, about, I, I don't know, the first weekend in August. So that's uh, a week away. And we talked about the stones his father trained on called the Shank Stones, which Stevie was going to lift today. Just incredible stuff. Um, don't forget, too, to go out to our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, $25, It goes right to my PayPal account, and you're investing in something in the future. We don't charge for stuff, and a lot of people are on me now. 
You know, you need to charge for the podcast. Everybody's doing that now. I I just go with the notion that people are going to come in here and invest in that and the product. Um, if not, we've got to look at other avenues, too, because um, this stuff is getting more and more expensive to house. I know you don't want to hear it, but it's like anything. You've got to pay your bills or they shut you down. We're too damn big now to get shut down, and I won't do it. So that's why I'm out working, and um, I will do anything to have this place a multi-million dollar company. I don't care if it's a multi-billion dollar company. I'm not kidding you when I say that either. You better take that to heart because I am as dead as a heart attack when I say that. So we'll see what happens, and we just keep marching on. Keep going, as I say. Keep going. Also, too, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. We got our good, good friend coming in, Scott Shetler. He's been with me for a long time. Very knowledgeable and a very good person to go back and forth with. Um, just another spoke in the wheel that is just so important to not only today, but the longevity of M&M. Um, we're not looking just at today. We're looking at creating relationships with so many people for a long, long time. And the more we put people together and build this army of ours, the more dangerous we are going to be out there. Because I got news for you. A lot of people who do this, yeah, they might be good, but how hungry are they? I'm hungry. I could eat a friggin' tank and, and burp and it'd be all done. That's how hungry I am. The people that are on here are of the same ilk, and that's all I care about. Let everybody else do whatever they want to do and just keep going your own way. But here, it's a little bit different attitude. It's a big different attitude. Um, Like I said, go out and look at all the shows. Scott and I have done just incredible stuff. Big, big material, just like today we're going to do. Um, also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Um, it goes right to my MailChimp account, and you know with me and content, whatever I put out, you'll get loads of it. Also, too, another big thing, come on in here and advertise with us. I'm going after a lot of different companies right now. Um, we're going to get more and more on board here so we can become financially independent so I can say no more outside work other than training people. That's it. But the show is taking up a lot of time. When I get done here, I've got to go do my daily shop, my weekly shopping, and I've got like three or four phone calls. And I will tell you one thing. It's not confirmed, and we don't know one way or the other, but I'll be talking to a gentleman today who owns a gym in California who has uh, Ken Patera's original York Power Rack. And if you're not, um, if, you're, if you've never seen it, it's a York where it's very narrow. Um, this was the one that they originally came out with, I believe, Bob Hoffman. Um, I've got one here, the same dimensions, because a gentleman owned one in this area. It's just, it's made so strong. I don't know. I don't know if you could break it. It's unbelievable. I have that out in my garage. I've shown pictures of that. It, it's insane. Um, but come to find out, Ken Patera, our Olympic champion here, and he's been on World's Strongest Man. He was a wrestler, among many things. We have a real good opportunity of getting Ken on the show, which would be just dynamite. This is what I'm saying. All this stuff in the background, you wouldn't believe what's going on here. I, I don't know. You'd have to be dead not to be excited. It, it's just incredible to take what I had and started with both companies and where we are today. You keep going, and you're going to get there. 
and we'll talk more about that if I can get a confirmation or whatever. I will announce all the new stuff that's coming anyways, the new people. Um, also to our YouTube channel, Real, um, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Go out and look at everything. There will be more and more video. There's going to be some stuff up with my niece and nephew. We're going to have some products out. We'll work on them, at least have them sitting there, and when we're ready to turn everything loose, we'll do that. Like I said, today we got Scott Shetler on, and let me give you a little information on this gentleman. Uh, here we go. Number one, he's the owner of Extreme Performance Training Systems, trainer, writer, and the host of Strength and, T- and Health TV, and we're going to talk about Something very, very interesting. The other day, Robert Oberst, who's a United, who's a U.S. strongman, he's been on world, been in World Strongest Man, I believe. Uh, I want to say, well, I know he was in the 18, and I do believe he's either qualified or he's been in. I'm trying to remember. I think I read yesterday he was actually in it in 2013, and I believe he qualified the next few years. Um, I guess he set a firestorm off the other day. He was on Joe Rogan and he said, basically the deadlift (laughs) was no good, so to speak. And of course, you know, uh, everybody wants to go after somebody, see if they can knock them down a peg. Maybe he did it just to do a little controversy out there, but if he did, he definitely made the mark. So we're going to talk about the deadlift today. And a lot of the nuances of it, and we'll go wherever we come, we'll go, and we'll come back full circle. So on that note, Scott, welcome back. It's always an honor, brother, and I know today's show ought to be quite, quite intriguing. So welcome back, sir. Thanks, man. It's always good to be here, Eric. Looking forward to uh, getting into this one. It's always good to have you here. Now, give out your website. Anything that uh, pertains, products, where to find your podcast, obviously, et cetera, et cetera, and we'll get started, brother. Yeah, man, my uh, website is eptsgym.com, and if people go there, there's page, I've got a page for my podcast, i got links to my books, uh, my blog is linked there, so basically everything that I'm doing between my brick-and-mortar training center here in Atlanta, as well as the uh, online training and consulting and other services that I offer. That's all right there. So if they go to eptsgym.com, they can find everything they need to know that I'm doing and about me. Hey, I'll tell you, and um, Scott was saying, I mean, this is a guy that knows what he's doing. He's got to turn people away right now. Um, Not many people I know are saying that. So it gives more credence and credibility to what we got here. Now, I've got to say one thing, and then I want to bring up one thing, and we're going to get right started right away. I don't want to forget that. Dale Dugas is a great friend of the show. He's helped me out with some of his products, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, if you go to DaleDugas.com, you will get 20% off any of his products. If you've listened to the shows, you know he's an acupuncturist, and he makes all types of Chinese herbs whether it's a um, like a liquid or obviously in capsule form. So I would tell you, definitely go out and look at it. But if you go out and put the code MMJOW, which is pronounced MMJOW, you'll get 20% off all products that uh, Dale makes. So go out to DaleDugas.com and tell them Motivation Muscle sent you. Dale is an exceptional guy, let me tell you. 
Uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. His shows are just exploding. The last show he did was Obsession. Biggest downloaded show to date we've ever had with him. Now, before I bring Scott in, too, here's some other things you should look at. Go out and look at some of the shows. I'm going to read you off the last three we've done with Scott. The first one is called Arnold Stands Out. Okay? The second one is The Battle Never Ends. And the third is Do You Have What It Takes? Awesome shows. And they really get into a lot of mind-bending, as we say here. And we are concentrating more and more on that. But we are going to talk about the deadlift today. I'm going to give it right to Scott to start off. He can kind of bring us up to speed with everything, with the show and with Robert. And then, obviously, we're going to go back and forth. So take it away, brother. Yeah, man. I just I think, you know, when you invited me on the show and we started talking, I thought this would be a good topic just because it's, it's pretty relevant in the strength training world right now. Yep. Because when Robert was on the Rogan show about a week ago or so, it seems like everybody, you know, all the famous fitness YouTubers and stuff like that, everybody wanted to kind of jump on it, you know, like the, uh, like the, uh, the hyenas do, you know, and, <laughs> and voice their opinions and stuff like that. And I'm really like, I, I'm, I, I get what Robert was saying and where he was coming from. You know, I think what needs to be qualified is, the context that he made the, the statements in. And that was simply, I, I believe he was referring to uh, football player, American football players yep. and that he felt the deadlift didn't belong in the uh, weight training room of football players. I don't think he was saying a broad blanket, you know, I mean, he's even come out and I, I think w- one of the worst things that he did following this was he made some social media comments where he was basically telling, you know, basically threatening comments like if you got a problem with what I said come here and I'll set you straight and just really childish you know it was kind of a childish response which on one hand you could probably understand because you know how stupid the internet is and you know you start reading somebody's comments you probably got you know justified you pissed off but I mean it's not his place to to come off like a douche you know with these these comments I mean he should just he he should have taken the high road and said hey those are my comments that's what it is but what he did was he spinned it into a really cool uh, uh, peril, <laughs> a line. He's doing a shirt now. It looks like that's it's called uh, deadlifting is not a crime. So good for him for uh, for uh, realizing the opportunity to you know capitalize on on you know this whole uh, controversy. But it really came down to I, th- I think he feels that it's not a great exercise choice for athletes, uh, specifically football players. Right. And what I respect about his comment is he's got justification for it, whether you agree or disagree. It's just not a blanket statement. You know, I mean, obviously he's put some thought behind it. Maybe some of it has come experientially. I don't know. I disagree with his comment, but I respect his opinion because he actually, you know, thought about it and he's got his reasons for why he made those comments. Um, I just think that, you know, as I've, I've, I, I did listen to some of the, some of the comments, you know, on the, on the, the videos that were posted, uh, some yeah. of my friends have shared some some of these YouTube videos, cause I don't follow a lot of these, these big YouTube kind of celebrities and stuff. Um, I really couldn't care less what a, a right. lot of them say. Some of them had some very good points about the deadlift and why they disagreed with Robert. And some of them, you know, as I started listening to what these people were saying, you just start thinking like, this is just a deadlift. You know, you're not talking about, you're not talking about rocket science here, man. You're, you're talking about a very simple skill now, we're not talking about the load. You know, we're not talking about what percentage we're training it. We're just talking about the movement pattern mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've said it a few times this week, but it literally requires more hip 
knee and ankle flexibility and mobility yep. to sit down on your toilet to take a crap than it does to get into a position to pull a proper deadlift. Now, I'm not talking about the freaks that are six foot eight and, you know, have weird, you know, super long backs or weird levers. I'm talking the average person is it requires more flexibility and mobility to sit down on a toilet mm-hmm. than it does to bend and squat down to the proper position to place their hands on a barbell to lift it. So it, you just, when you listen to some of these comments, you think this is a simple movement. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're not talking about loading. Obviously, if you take somebody up to a one rep max load or something near that, then we got form breakdowns and, and, you know, we've got weak muscle groups and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual motor pattern itself is not that difficult. Right. Yet you have people talking about athletes, you know, like they're delicate little flowers. It's like, come on, man, football players, you're talking about a sport that requires high speed collisions of really, really big dudes. I think a properly performed deadlift isn't really that risky. And, and, and Roberts actually felt the power clean would be a better option. And whether whether it is or isn't, yeah, I would disagree. I, I think, you know, you and I talked a little bit about right. the power clean being a more technical lift, particularly yeah. in the catch phase of the movement. You know, I would, if you want more of an explosive barbell movement, I'd opt for maybe a jump shrug or for a hang high pull or something like that, which is going to give you the same power development opportunity and probably with a greater load mm-hmm. because we're removing the catch phase, which is where most people screw up. Like case in point, I've got a fantastic volleyball player I've been working with for many years. She's going into her junior year at, at Lafayette up near your neck of the woods up there. Yeah, yeah. And she weighs, she weighs all about of a buck Oh five. I mean, she's not a big girl. She, she plays libero for her team. Um, so she's a smaller volleyball player. But the power clean is one of the movements that her strength coach tracks, the squat, the bench, and the power clean, which we typically see with a lot of collegiate and high school sports. Those tend to be the big three in lieu of the deadlift. And she can, you know, hang high pull much more than she can power clean because her technical breakdown is on the catch of the lift. And I've seen her move, you know, really high weights up to her chest, but she just can't rack it. And she ends up only being able to rack a smaller percentage of the lift. So I've seen this lift cause a lot of stress and actually regress some of her training. Whereas her deadlift, I've gotten, you know, depending on if we're doing a block pull, a deficit deadlift, a regular deadlift, a sumo, a conventional. I mean, she's pulling anywhere from 185 at the low end to 250 at the high end, depending on the exercise. I, I would argue that that is giving her a lot more physical development than screwing around with the, the 85 to 115 pound power cleans that she's doing. You, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, and if exactly. you want to do explosive development, jump onto a box. Have you ever seen somebody jump onto a 30 or a 40 inch box slowly? It's no. impossible. No. You know, have somebody throw a med ball. You want yep. to talk about real extension. Yep. You know, you're exploding all the way through the release of that ball. So you're getting more explosion through a greater range of motion or, or more explosion through a greater range of motion by throwing a ball or jumping because there's no deceleration phase in a jump or throw like there is in a barbell lift. So those are just my comments, you know, addressing the explosive nature of like the power clean and, and what I feel. I, I feel the deadlift is the better option for athletes. But again, I respect Robert's opinion. I mean, I don't think he's a bad guy or anything. In fact, I, I think he's pretty entertaining. I've been watching his uh, – the television show that he's on on the History Channel, the strongest man in history, you know, right, with Eddie Hall and yep. Brian Shaw and, yep. and Nick. I mean, Best. it's awesome, yep. man. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's hysterical. I, I think I actually had more issues with other comments on 
the, that Rogan podcast and then the deadlift, just all the misinformation that they were sp- spreading about strongman Patrick Baboumian, as well as the uh, plant-based diet. They were way off the mark on everything they talked about there. I mean, that, that got under my skin more than the deadlift, but I, I got no, you know, I, the way these people are getting carried on over Robert and his comments is, it's quite funny, but it's also the state of the industry right now. You know, I, I think oh, yeah. YouTubers should spend more time in the gym with their clients than making videos myself. But, you know, there's probably more money on YouTube if you got a lot of followers. So, Well, you know what it is, too, Scott? It's like people ju- people in today's world like to just get pissed for the sake of being pissed. Okay? Oh, the Internet is very angry, isn't it? Oh, yeah, very angry. And Robert basically was just a catalyst for these people now to mouth off. And they don't care about the deadlift. I, I can't say all of them, but let's you, you hit it right on the mark. Let's funnel to our YouTube channel. Hopefully we've got 3,000 subscribers, and somehow they're going to go out to my website now and purchase my services or my product. You and yeah, I have been around. Out of that, I think a lot of the response is mainly clickbait yeah. as opposed yeah. to actually – wanting to voice an opinion about, you know, Robert's comments. Right. I agree. And you know something? You and I were talking about this offline, and this has been a debate since I've started weightlifting. And, I mean, as I got into it more and more, you know, in the beginning you're doing other things. But it's always been squat, deadlift. Which one's better? Squat, deadlift. Which one's better? And I'm saying to myself, okay. The way I look at it with both of those movements, I like both of them, but – I love squatting more. I'm, uh, I've said it before on the shows. Now, other people will say, well, I like the deadlift better. A lot of times it's preference. A lot of times it's how you're set up bio, you know, mechanically. Scott just talked about that girl that he, uh, that woman that he trains. One movement works better for her. She gets more dividends. To me, wouldn't that be the smart way to train? Because, you know, we got in this thing with the power clean with my brother-in-law and I. I was telling, uh. Scott, before he came on, Dan, who Danny's father is the head coach for a huge suburban uh, school here and football is big there. And I said to him, you know, last weekend, he and I did a road trip. I said, why still with the power clean, man? I said, they're not going to be Olympic lifters. I said, the ability to really get hurt with these lifts is very real. All right, and I'm not being a pansy about it either, but if you want these kids to go out and perform on the field, how much are you getting more with a power clean? Well, I mean, you go through any school, they're still all power cleaning, okay? You know, you know my feeling with strongman with the stones and the sandbags, especially with the sandbags cuz let's face it, most of these schools can't use stones because of litigation. You know, and none of them got the balls to stick up and stand up to anything. So, of course, they're going to cave in real easy. But, you know, Scott and I were talking, you know, farmer's walks, tire flipping. Now, that can be kind of a dangerous thing, too. But once again, if you're Scott or Eric or Dan, you've got to teach the mechanics of these things. And this is where I think we get in a big jam log right now. You know, Scott said it. I say it. You know, if you're going to pay attention to YouTube or well, YouTube, but Facebook, you better damn well know who's doing the stuff because most of these people, their form sucks and it's more for, look how much I'm lifting. What the hell good is that if you blow your hip out or your back? Okay. You don't see that end result of something happens like that. The, the threat to something like that is very real, especially if you have not 
use the basic movements for a long time. If you've not done, as, as Scott would say, some explosive work continually, but he and I love glued ham, and obviously he loves the reverse hyper, as I do myself, which I am going to get one. We know about the, the role of the erectors. He and I have talked about it. I'm going ape shit on erectors right now. Whether it's a high shrug, whether it's Viking press, Viking reverse, deadlifts, you name it. Especially the lats. Um, I've gone back. I'm sure you'll like this, Scott. I've gone back to the, the York exercise bar. And I did them uh, two nights ago. And I hadn't done them in two years. I went back to the straight arm pullover on the driveway, nice and flat, nice big breathing. It's mainly you want to get that breath. I remember John McKean wrote an article many years ago in the Hard Gainer. I can't tell you how many inches he gained on his chest rib slash rib cage. And I believe at the time he was in his mid-50s then. That's pretty amazing when you think about Forgotten it. So, movement. Nobody does them anymore. Hey, you and I both know the hard shit most people won't go near because I hear this all the time. Well, can I get big off it? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? Come on, will you? So, you know, and I'm going to give it right to you guys this. I look at it this way with what Robert was saying, but I look at it in different ways. Obviously, we have our favorite squat, deadlift, squat, deadlift. Okay, let's put that to rest right now. But there's other avenues of the deadlift, too. You know, Scott and I were talking about, I love Romanians. I, I love the trap bar. You talk to any of the big stone lifters on my show, what's one of your main cogs in the wheel? Trap bar deadlift. You talk to Mark Haydock who's one of the few that have been able to walk the Denny Stones for distance, and he can lift these bastards like you wouldn't believe. He's an incredible guy. I remember him telling me, and I might have said this on some of our previous shows, I think Mark does, I want to say 840, 830 with a trap bar deadlift. I guess people are like, well, that's not gonna, that means nothing because you're not going to lift that with an, uh, you know, a, whether it's a Texas power bar, an Alico bar, if you're using that, a York power bar, whatever. And he says, really? He goes, no, I don't lift that. He goes, I, I think he was lifting 815 with an Olympic bar. Now, I know that's 15 or 20 pounds less, but when it comes to something, it might not matter. That's my point. The point of the matter is you're going to use the movement that's going to have the greatest carryover to what you're doing. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And if it's a trap bar that's getting you down the field with the stone or lifting it from the ground and putting it on a barrel, it makes sense to do that, folks. So there are many variations of the deadlift. You don't necessarily have to lift it off the floor. You know, we know that you can do them at all different heights. You can do them in a power rack. You can do isometric pulls with them. You have a world of opportunity there to build the living shit out of yourself. Okay? But this notion is this. And I went out and looked at some of the stuff, too, and I was reading some of the comments. And it wasn't just about Robert. Obviously, these people fueled up from it. But some of this stuff is absolutely ridiculous. It tells me these people are not... They don't know what the hell they're talking about. I'll put it to you that way. Um, you got to go out and do this stuff to really find out and mature because it takes a long time. You know, look, you know, you want to use Eddie Hall. You want to use Thor. Any of the top guys, WSM, whatever they're doing, 
obviously, you know, Eddie set the record a few years back, all right? But from what I read, too, they're saying he almost died from that. Now, hey, I think everything you should take the opportunity and not be bashful about it. But my point is, if you're going to use it for a world's strongest man or whatever, yeah, you want to exceed everything you can. I think it said Robert Oberst, his best deadlift was 880. All right? Um, That's pretty nasty, man. Uh, That's a big chunk of iron you're pulling off the ground. So I get what he says. I think a lot of it was misconstrued. And I do believe a lot of these movements, power cleans, deadlifts, I don't think it's for every program in the world. And if you're a smart coach, you're going to see the movements that work for your people, and you're going to use it that way. But I understand, too, with these programs, Scott, is this. They're always, like, pushed for time. They've got to get this out on the field, that on the field. So I understand why a lot of times they're doing one size fits all, but it doesn't. It's all yours. Yeah, it's you're absolutely right about that. And the thing is, is there need, and this is why I have it easier as a uh, working in the private sector because I work with people one on one or very very small groups. So yep. there's a level of individualization I can provide that the average, say, like collegiate strength coach or or pro strength coach or even high school strength coach can't when you've got a huge group of kids and you've got a limited time mm-hmm. to get them through. But in my opinion, that's even more important for distilling down to the basics because yes. one, these kids, while they might be great football players or great volleyball players, they're amateurs at best when it comes to weightlifting. Mm-hmm. They're not moving types of loads that dictate any high level of specialization. You know, the, the, the bulk of their work should be done in that 75 to 85% range and just working good quality sets of, of triples or fives yep. in the basic movements. They're going to be able to ride that out for a long time because they haven't even come close to maxing out their strength potential. You know, and, and I mean, that, that's why a simple program, you know, if you've just got a strength room that's got nothing but power racks and platforms, you know, squat bench, dead, overhead press, do some pull-ups, maybe some bent rows. You know, and if you have the luxury of like a glute ham or something to, to put some direct work on the erectors and the posterior chain, that's tough to beat, man. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a solid, that's a solid approach. And those kids are going to get a lot of development out of that. And you want to talk about improving all physical qualities, strength, provided that your health is in check and provided that you have the appropriate levels of mobility and flexibility that your sport dictates. Strength is the physical quality that's going to raise everything else. You want to get faster, get stronger. You want to get more explosive, get stronger. You know, you're talking about the uh, the trap bar being related to the Denny stones. I, I would see a lot of value in that because if you look at the position that the body's in when you go to lift the Denny stones, you're a lot more upright yep. than if you're just lifting a stone from the ground where you got your hands underneath the stone and you're more bent over mm-hmm. with the Denny's because they've got iron handles attached to them. The person is more upright. The torso is in a much more vertical position. Look at the position somebody's in when they do a trap bar deadlift. It's very, oh, yeah. very similar from a body mechanic standpoint. So you think, what's the, what's the combined weight of the Denny's? Oh, God, seven, I think seven. seven yeah, it's like mid-sevens, I think it is. Okay. Well, then I would see a lot of value in a lifter who can get that trap bar deadlift up into the 800s because they're exposing their nervous system to a load that's in the mid-8s then when they go to lift the Denny's, now granted, they're going to be more odd. One hand's behind the body or in that straddle position. But you're used to hoisting 800 and some pounds. The perceived load isn't going to be as bad. 
you see what I'm saying? Oh, you're yeah. General exercise to expose your nervous system to a load that's in excess of what you're trying to do with the Denny's. Now, I'd probably argue the Denny's are going to be a lot harder than the trap bar deadlift because of the awkward nature of the lift. But from a general strength standpoint, you've got to have a base level strength. And the stronger you are, the easier a lot of these more specific tasks become. You know, look at Paul Anderson. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the technique when it came to the Olympic style weightlift. So what did he do? He got brutally strong. You know, if, if you're trying to power clean 400 pounds, you're going to have an easier time if you deadlift 800 than if you deadlift 500. Yep. Because now that 400 pound clean is 50% of your max. You should be able to, to toy around with 50% of your max because 400 pounds is going to feel like nothing when you're used to lifting eight. You know? Um, and, no, and, I, t- I totally agree. Um, and I so, was cl- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Technique aside, having that general level, that high level of strength is going to be very, very important. So with these athletes, there's no excuse not to do the basics. Squat, deadlift, jump, throw med ball. Um, and I was close. No, and I was close. The Denny's are combined. They're 733. I went out and verified it. But here's the thing, too. You know, I liked when you said, well, lifting the Denny's are similar to the trap bar deadlift, the stance, how you're, how you're set up. And a lot of people don't realize too, and this is an old school movement. And one of the things that I believe are undertrained is the bent row when it comes to an Atlas stone, a Husafel stone, anything like that. There's some, you know, we talk about erectors, we talk about deepening the back, but one of the main major things a bent row does, whether it's a dumbbell or a bar or as John McKean and I do, we do close grips in the rack with a three to six second pull for time. Um, you got to have lap power. And when you're built like that, and, and another thing, I, I don't know if I said this offline. I've been doing a lot of stuff. Charlie Oliphant and I were talking about this, and he had such a successful year in 2017, there was nothing he couldn't lift. And Andrew Carney was a big uh, help with that, with just some direction. And it was very interesting. He would use a medium weight with a trap bar deadlift, but he had to complete 10 sets of 10 with it. And, okay, people were like, and I said to Charlie, what was the whole idea of this? Now, I do this with the stones, with the rows and stuff. He said, Andrew wanted me to toughen those biceps up. Like you wouldn't believe. Now, Charlie would tell me he his his biceps would hurt for days, man. And Charlie's no uh, Johnny come lately. He's been lifting for a long time. He's no rookie to any of this. But I get it because, you know, um, Scott, after you have a tear, especially in the bicep, you're going to do everything to bulletproof both arms, absolutely, and everything else. But one thing that I never really took into account, which I think a lot of people don't, is how vitally important that small muscle is to lifting things, especially when you get into the stone genre. Um, Two things that I found, besides a lot of other things, of course, with all the rack work we're doing, the trap bar, and I do, like I said, the close grip bent row. That was an old school one. Bigger rector thing. I can remember reading this. I found a whole bunch of used Perry Raider Iron uh, Man books. And my God, wasn't there a picture of one of the Russian athletes? He might have been a thrower. I don't remember. Some track and field. 
I mean, a hole is by far was one of the best pictures I've ever seen of a back. But you should have seen the back on this guy. I mean, it looked like it looked looked like you could lose a thirty year arm between his erectors. And I read this thing, and you know they were talking about a lot of the American weightlifters went over to find out how are these guys lifting these exorbitant weights. And you know we've talked about, but it, it never gets old to me. You know, there's Alexia doing having a bar across the back of his neck and it'd be similar to like we talk glued ham he's on a pommel horse and he's exploding up these yeah, guys call them, uh, inverse curls basically a back extension yeah yes but the thing is all these things we're talking about whether it's robert with a deadlift and all that look you we can go by whatever he says there but what i want to really bring in bring into this show besides what scott and i are talking about is you want to build a back. Scott hit it right on the head. We talk about this over and over again. You never go wrong with the basics. Now, you can bench. You can bench in. You can clean and put it overhead, which I love. You can, there's so many options to what you can put overhead. But the thing is here, what I really want to convey with this show is this. Okay, so we know what his opinion is. That's fine. He can have his opinion. We heard many of the other ones out there. But if you really want to build a back and i would assume you know we want as much power off the floor under the knee maybe at the shin some guys lift them a little bit over the knee with their poles whatnot we talked about romanians we talked about trap bar we talked about the dumbbell row whatever you want to get in there the high pole you can build a back and erectors on you that would make people just their jaws drop but it's like everything here You've got to build the base and then start adding a little bit. Maybe you take something out for a little while, add something new. When you do this, you know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt, but your chances are going to be a lot more remote of being hurt when you have the base built, number one, but now you're centering and going after certain muscles. I mean, directly. Like, I go directly after my erectors. There's reasons I do that, like I said. Biceps. The other night, I got done doing dead start um, squats, dead start presses from the chin to the forehead. Try that sometime. See what you move with that. You'll get humbled like you wouldn't believe. Um, then after I did my neck and my calves and all that stuff, I went out, grabbed a 180-pound stone, and all I did is I did bent rows with it for sets of 10. But what I did every time was I dug my hands into it because it's a very rough stone, Toughening the hands up, toughening the biceps biceps up, getting some nice lat work because I was supersetting with the straight arm pullovers. But see, this is how you get smart with things and find out what works and what doesn't. And when we talk about programs where it's vanilla, we know there's time constraints. But see, Scott's doing the right thing like I do. He works with people one-on-one, so they really get the information. And they got a guy there that's got so much experience, it's really going to save you an awful lot of time. So when people say to me, well, trainers are a lot of money. Well, what are you going to do, go out and buy um, 10 of the DVDs or try to suck it offline somewhere and learn it that way? Maybe you can, but good luck on that because if you're going to mess around with deadlifts or any type of explosive pull, the chances of you getting hurt are very, very real. And I am not a guy that's going to tell you not to do things. I would never, I would never say that. I want people to be risk oriented, not 
oh, well, we better think about it for another time. You can't go through your life like that if you want to do this stuff. But I'm telling you right now, there are many, many options other than the conventional deadlift off the floor. It's all yours, brother. Yeah, there are. And the uh, what this all comes back to is technique. Yeah. If you have, like I said earlier, if you've got the, the requisite mobility and flexibility, if your health is fine, if you don't have any contraindications, if you learn the correct technique and apply the appropriate loading parameters, if you're not, you know, working up to a, a gut-busting one rep max where your form's breaking down, like I said, a lot of quality work around 80%. You know, we, we use, we target about 20 to 25 reps in the 75 to 85% range for most of that, that controls the volume, whether it's eight triples, whether it's 10 to 12 doubles, whether it's five sets of five. Yeah. I mean, you get my point, yeah. but we typically work sets of two to five and we, we, our total volume ends up being about 20 to 25 reps in that 75 to 85% range based off of a one rep max or even an estimated one rep max that allows us to do a lot of quality work where the form doesn't break down, but we're working with a load that, I mean, it's pretty much agreed upon that if 80% of the work you do is around 80% of your one rep max, you're going to get stronger. The Russians proved it. I mean, it's, it's just something that's pretty well accepted in sports science right now. And like you said about working with the trainer. Yeah. I mean, people spend money. I had a great conversation when I was in San Diego with a good friend and colleague of mine who, who's a great kettlebell trainer mm-hmm. and she's really getting some good body weight stuff, girl named Brittany. And uh, we were talking about, this whole idea that, you know, trainers have different rates and things like that. And a lot of it is perceived as expensive and stuff, but the, the rate is justified based on the things that the trainer has learned over the course of their time. So to use myself, an example, I've been doing this stuff for almost 22 years now. You know, I've spent a lot of my own money to make myself better. So when somebody comes to me, I am able to shorten their learning curve dramatically by saving them all the pitfalls that I experienced when I was going on my own journey. So when I work with a client, they're getting my 21, almost 22 years of experience with these movements, with everything that I've learned in this industry, which there's quite a bit of value to that. If that's something that they value, if it's not, they're not going to, they're not going to hire a trainer, you know, but case in point, even, even that, that the girl that I'm talking about, uh, she was out in Georgia teaching a workshop one time. She came out to the gym to visit. She asked me some questions on her back squat. I tweaked up a couple of things and she hit like a five pound PR right there in front of me. And she hadn't had that weight on her back in, in a long time. So that, you know, what, what you're getting is that corrective eye where I've seen a bunch of different athletes. I've seen a bunch of different lifters and I've seen a bunch of different general fitness people full time, you know, 40 to 50 sessions a week for nearly 22 years. Now I'm going to be able to pick apart somebody's technique a lot better than somebody who's just starting out. Or if you're reading a magazine or reading a training book on your own, figuring out, and that's the value that a trainer can provide. And not all trainers are, are the same in that regard. Uh, so you've got to be able to do your homework a little bit. And, and, you know, if, if you're looking for one, I mean, you've got to, that that's, that that's a hard thing because you don't know, you only know what you're being sold on their website or on their, their social media page or whatever. But that's one of the values to having a professional to work with in the gym. But inherently these movements are not dangerous. Like I said, if, if there's no contraindication present, they're not dangerous movements. As long as the technique is adhered to 
in the correct loading parameters are prescribed and the training becomes progressive so that you're exposing yourself to, you don't need to start at an all out effort the first time you do it. You should start light and give yourself room to grow so the tissues have time to adapt so the strength responses can take place. Even though these are anaerobic movements, it really is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we look at gaining strength over a long period of time. And if you try to do it all in a week, you're going to get hurt. Oh, and not only that, you won't show up anymore because, oh, I can't walk. You know, you and I both know. I still have it. There's some There's some days after, you know, doing the holds and everything, I can barely walk down the stairs to go to my, to my kitchen, okay? I'm like, holy shit, I'm still doing this? Yeah. I love it. And, I, and you know, making another point with a trainer, you know, as I was talking, we put all that stuff about my ne- nephew Danny up. Now, I don't know where he's going to go. He's a little boy. Dan and I don't push him. But if he comes over here or there's something going on at his own house, he's always right there, which is a very um, good thing to me. Very... Um, He's intrigued, let me put it to you that way. But when you have an atmosphere like that around you and your uncles are all involved in physical things like that, it is going to bleed down to all the kids because they're all athletic. Now, obviously Dan was semi-pro. Maybe Danny does want to play football. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be the next strong man. I don't know. I can tell you this. This kid is definitely mechanical as hell. Maybe he's an engineer and he just uses weights for whatever. But right now, you know, like when I saw what was going on the other day, and, you know, I've taught him so many things like his father, you know, um, that was only the only the second time he's ever flipped a tire. And I don't let him do anything until we go over it a few times about what's got to be done. And if I see something breaking, I I immediately tell him to drop it. I won't let him try to work through stuff like that yet. He just doesn't have the musculature yet, you know, in my opinion. And I don't want anything to happen to him if I can help it. But the other day, it was smooth as silk. I mean, he was there. I mean, he was there totally. Right down in between sets, I I didn't take pictures. I have him work his overhand and underhand grip on the picnic table because it's so thick. People are like, how'd you come up with that? I said, well, you know, what am I going to have him do? Um, Take some two-inch handle and uh, load it with 50 pounds and tell him to pull it off the ground and hold it. Come on, a rolling thunder? Come on, be realistic. Um, The max I've had him do, you know, I'll have him pinch plates. Great way to get started less chance of getting hurt. And obviously, when you're lifting stones, we know we're digging our fingers. But I want to wind this right around to what Scott was saying about a trainer. I mean, I I, I train anybody. If they come here and bring it, you're going to get the best of the best, all right? And I know a lot of stuff, and I know there's a lot of things people don't do, some of the stuff I do, and some of the contraptions I've had built for me. That's all from being creative. But the main thing is, Yes, Danny would never have to hire his uncle. But what I want to say to everybody is this. The quality you get, you're going to find out right away. I mean, this that young man the other day had not only a new set of confidence within him, 
but he had done things never that he had done before. He never flipped the tire a sequence of three or four times. There's always one, and that was it. He never repeatedly went back and lifted that stone. He never did a step up bear hugging a stone and teaching him how to bear hug and breathe. We were doing some stuff with breathing um, because most people are acidic, obviously. Well, we want to alkaline. So I was teaching him how to lay on his back and just do like six breathing, te- you know, how to breathe in, breathe out. I didn't want to overwhelm with anything. But see, what I'm telling him is, and it's it's truthful, is, hey, Danny, right now your blood is firing like you wouldn't believe. You ought to be able to pick that stone up without even thinking about it. This is how you get people to master themselves. You don't put them in harm's way, obviously, and I never would with them. But it's these little mental tweaks that make all the difference, whether they're going to stay with you or they're going to go somewhere else and get ripped off by some clown that's got a real pretty place when you walk in. And everyone's walking around with their lats spread and this, that, and talking about the latest supplements. Bullshit on you. I would go to the ends of the earth to find a place like mine. I'd love to go to Scott's place. That's where I think is the true measure of a man or woman. It's all yours, brother. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I, I kind of felt something similar on a trip to uh, Columbus one time when I was visiting Westside. Uh, I've been up there a few times over the last few years, and, and uh, I actually went through Louie's uh, Special Strengths Coach certification recently, which nice. is a fantastic, pro- probably one of the best tests I've ever taken as far as the, the way the information was spread out, everything from from basic physics all the way to uh, sports. I mean, it just it was one of the most thorough tests I've ever taken. And if you're, uh, if you're working in strength training and conditioning, uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend it as just a uh, means of continuing education because it was, it was a fantastic program and the books required for it are some of the best, best, uh, publications out there. But, uh, I, I remember going up there and, uh, I went with a couple of the power lifters I was training at the time and we went, we trained at Westside a couple of days and I had purchased a, uh, deadlift bar and a deadlift platform from uh from rogue and you know rogue is right there in columbus as well so i just thought and i mean this isn't you know rogue sponsors some great athletes i mean you know thor is one of the strongest people on the planet you know i mean this is not a rogue makes some great equipment and stuff like that but you 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 talked about that big pretty you know facility and stuff like that so i'm over at west side where louis got some of the same racks that i've seen in the videos that he put out you know from the early 2000s you know, which I'm sure that equipment had been there even longer. I mean, these racks are just stripped bare of the paint. I mean, the, the stuff, there's yep. no matching color scheme. Some of the stuff's red, some of it's black, some of it's white, you know. It, it's just, it looks like, you know, the dumbbells are all over the floor, not one dumbbell in the dumbbell rack. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. you know, it, just, it looks like a rusty old iron pit. Yet yep. there's always mastodons and yep. titans walking around that gym. You know, the strongest people on the planet in like yep. 3,000 square feet. So then I shoot over to Rogue after, after visiting Westside for a couple of days, get over to Rogue and I'm in the, I'm in the showroom, you know, taking care of the order or whatever and, and, you know, arranging where I can go pick up the, the bar and the platform and all that stuff. And they've got this beautiful, uh, this beautiful showroom with all the bars and their clothes. And the guy says to me, he said, Hey, if you got some time, walk through those doors. Our, our gym's over there. And Eric, you walk into this place, and I think they've even moved to a bigger place. Yeah, man, 
you, the middle, first of all, you got almost a football field's worth of turf, right, for sled pushing and, you know, yep. all that kind of stuff. You've got super high ceiling warehouse, basically, but all completely finished. The corner, they had probably about 100, maybe 200 folding chairs that were not put away. They were set out in front of a big projector screen on the wall. They didn't even have to put that stuff away because this is how big the place is. They've got a rig station all the way down the center. You know, just every the the monkey bars, the squat stations, the bench stations, the pull up bars, the you name it. I mean, that this that that probably fifty people could work out on. I mean, it's this huge rig right in the center of the room. Then around the perimeter, you got the weightlifting area, which is basically a slab of rubber, slab of plywood with with uh, squat stands and bars and bumpers. Everything you'd need to coach an entire Olympic weightlifting team. You got sleds, you got glute ham raises, you got reverse hypers, you got strongman equipment, you know, the, 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 the yokes, the logs, the everything that they make. And you could probably have a few hundred people working out in this facility. And this stuff is pristine. It's beautiful. It's all black with the rogue logos. Looks like it hasn't even been used. And there's one skinny dude walking around in there. And, you know, <laughs> and again, you know, I mean, I know that they probably justify that place because they host a regional event and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I mean, it's the rogue HQ, yep. but you know, you go to West side any day of the week and you're going to have, you know, a handful of guys who are the strongest people on the planet training. You go to Rogue every day. Oh, I'm not so convinced. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, granted, they might have some of their superstars visit or they use that, that, like I said, for maybe some big competitions and stuff like that. It's their HQ. But it was just funny. You know, and I've made the comment numerous times or, hey, if you want to get strong, you should be over at Westside. You know, I, but, yeah. but I mean, oh, it, wasn't yeah. pretty, it wasn't the pretty equipment. It wasn't, you know, all that. But, man, it, the, the contrast was out of this world. Yeah, and you know, you, you got to remember, you know what Rogue is when you walk in there? That That's that's their big advertisement there. That's their marketing media. Um, you walk oh, in what? Well, it was like weightlifting heaven. I mean, they, absolutely. They, but, but let me ask you this. This is the thing. You know, you talked about Louie's place. You walk in there, you know, it's the real deal. I mean, as a guy that's been training a long time as yourself and myself, I don't know. I think I think once the uh, the sheen wore off, I don't know if I'd really be that excited to train there. Um, I think most people can't train it if you listen to you know the the lifters that have trained at West Side and in the turnover there is insane because of the high level of yeah. output that they require to train there. But I guarantee that if I was going to test my deadlift that day, yeah. yeah, I'd be more likely to hit a PR at West Side than I would over at Rogue. Because Absolutely. atmosphere Absolutely. is different. And one time, Louis was working with me on the deadlift, yep. and he was having me work up. And I, you know, I'm, 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 I could barely hang with his uh, weakest female at Westside. But the minute you know we were loading up that bar, and the minute he was working me up in it, every single person in that gym was turning around screaming at me to make the lift. They didn't there care you go. Yep. what I was yep. lifting. You know, yep. the the attitude is you're in here, you're going to make that lift you're it, it's it's a success mindset attitude and to be able to train if you can handle i i can only imagine that if you're highly qualified and you can handle the mental stress of training there you're going to be your absolute best because you're going to have the support system there because they demand you know you're there to make the other lifter stronger and they're there to make you stronger and that that's that's your role 
that I've gathered from the people I've talked to have trained there and just on my visits and the things that I've heard, obviously I've never lifted there with any regularity or been invited to train there other than my, you know, my, my yeah. visit where I've seen what I've seen, but there's a team environment there that demands success or you get out. You know? And that, yeah. Like, and you're yeah. going to get stronger. You're going to excel. Like I said, if you can handle the mental stress, you're going to excel in that type of environment. Yeah. So there's just no question about it. Like I said, if I was going to try to PR a deadlift that day, I'd have a much better chance at, at making a big PR at Westside than I would have at Rogue, you know, where it was a ghost town and just a couple of people and they're walking around and no, I mean, the atmosphere when you walk, I, I remember my first time walking into Westside, you know, Shauna Mendelson was visiting and yep. she's been a guest on the show. She yep. was she's like 365 on the bench. You know, she's, she's working up on her bench. You know, you see these just Titans walking around. The music's loud. I mean, there's, there's something to that atmosphere that you just feel stronger, you know, when you walk into it, there's an energy, you know, in that, that air and that environment that you just, you just want to get your hands on a barbell. You know, I mean, at Rogue, I want to look, walk around and take pictures. <laughs> you know, <'cause> <laughs> You're on vacation, so, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, no. I'm, not, I'm not bashing Rogue. I think they're a very, very good company and that facility was unbelievable, but the atmosphere is everything when it comes to getting stronger. Without a doubt. I mean, and you want people to thrive. That's what you got to have. And you got to have it a little difficult for you, a little uncomfortable. Maybe, uh, you know, you, you know, there's a lot of people depending on you to do it. They, they've been there for you and, you know, it puts a little bit more pressure. But, you know, Stevie and I were talking about this last night with everything. And I don't know about you, but I know me. You got to go after something real heavy. A lot of times you create pressure on yourselves, but there's always going to be a little bit of it. But what I've always noticed is once you get started, it all vanishes and you're going to have success if you've done the proper things um, to get ready for whatever it is you're going after. Uh, we have we have points of failure, too. We know that, but you're going to succeed more than fail. So I think with the whole the whole point of the show today, you know. We love bringing up points about what people say, disagree or not. I, I, I'm a guy that I like people who express their opinions. I'm not a guy that's going to censor any opinion unless it is derogatory. about the country we live in, we have right, the right. freedom to to voice our opinions. Yep. And that's why, you, you know, you've got to respect somebody's right. You don't have to agree with them. But exactly. you've got to respect the right. And as long as they're not like Robert wasn't being malicious with what he said, he wasn't calling somebody an idiot or right. he wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited. It was just his opinion. And like I said, while I might disagree with a lot of what he said, I respect what he said because he obviously had justification for those comments. Mm-hmm. So that that's the beautiful thing about this country is we have the right to have an opinion. Some places on this planet you don't. You know, so respect, as long as somebody has an intelligent opinion, I might disagree with it all day, but I will respect their right to have that opinion. Right. And, and you know, as I always say here, your opinion's welcome as long as it's not derogatory towards someone, because I don't want any of that stuff going on. Then then we're entering into it could be political, whatever. I, I'm not interested in that. That's not what this show's about. This show is to go out there and take everyone's ideas here, what they've done, what they've created, what they see down the future, and offer solutions for people, help the ones out there that need help. I mean, you look at kids the way they are right now, the structure of so many things is just broken. 
And if we can at least get out there and push what we know works and stand behind what we do, things are going to be in a lot better shape. And that's why I I think Robert made a great point. That's his point. That's his opinion. We talked about a lot of things today, no matter what the tools are you're using for a deadlift. We talked about the erectors. We talked about building, powering up those biceps to lift big things, obviously. We talked about some of the people that Scott trains, you know, high pulls. Was the dividend higher than that or, or the power clean? You know, we hit a lot of subjects here, hit a lot of turns and straight lines and that nature. And that's the way you got to do things because I'm not going to sit and rip on anybody, whether I agree with them or not. What I like doing, and we've always done here, we offer alternatives. All right, so the deadlift doesn't work. What about the squat? Squat don't work. What about the deadlift? If you're afraid of hurting yourself with a deadlift or you're a sports player and you, and Robert doesn't feel it pays the dividends off, well, maybe you ought to go take them up on it and see what you got. But as Scott and I said, the problem today is one size fits all. Most of these programs are just pushed right to the wall. And when you've got the above looking down on you all the time, you know, if you want to hold your job, you better toe the line. That's the problem with so many things now. And if you want to be an individual and you want to walk into a Louis Simmons style gym, that's going to be a hard thing to swallow because a lot of kid, a lot of these kids, a lot of even these guys in the college division one, whatever. I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen them. I, I don't know what their work ethics really are. And I think a lot of these coaches know too. I don't know if I could spring something on the team like this. I don't know if we've got the players, then they go to the ADs, and the next thing you know, the coach is out on his ass, or the program is getting scrubbed for something else, or whatever. So, on that note, Scott, um, comment anything you want. Uh, give out all your information. I'll give mine. Hang on. We'll set up for next month, my friend. Yeah, man. No, this was a, this was a good one, man. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know we you know went down a few different routes with it we didn't just stick mainly you know about the deadlift and and robert's comments but i mean i think we uh we covered some really good territory and i think probably one of the things i just want to tack on you know like we were talking a minute ago about you know atmosphere and stuff like that I, i think you know we could talk really briefly here about motivation though i don't think if you're a a lifter or an athlete I believe it's important for the motivation to come internally. So I I think I might have might have misspoke a little bit. You know, the point that I was trying to make was the atmosphere at Westside Barbell was way different than the atmosphere at Rogue. Really, I should be able to go in and PR regard as long as I got a bar and a platform, you know, because the motivation should come within. It, It should be your motivation should always be internal. The external stuff helps. The environment at Westside, it's going to be a lot easier to PR in when you've got people, you know, ready to tear your head off if you're not going to make that <laughs> lift. Yep. But if you're not internally motivated, you should be able to train anyway. I know, I know some great powerlifters. Mike Tuscher comes to mind. To the best of my knowledge, he's always trained by himself, maybe in his garage gym or whatever. But you know, he he's put up some massive lifts and is a legit champion by training individually on his own. You know, yeah. so there are some people who you don't need that, that the environment can be highly beneficial, but from a motivation standpoint, you should be able to train without music, without the hype, without all that stuff and motivate yourself internally to accomplish the task. 
that should be the root of everything that you're trying to do to make yourself physically better. If you have that external environment, it's going to be massively helpful. But some people, particularly introverted people, aren't going to do well in a situation like that. You know, they can do a lot of good work individually or on their own, but the motivation needs to come from within. But the point that I was trying to make was the difference in the atmosphere there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, give out all your information, brother, and uh, yeah. I'll give out mine and just hang on the line, please. So like I said earlier, my website is eptsgym.com. It stands for Extreme Performance Training Systems, which is my business. eptsgym.com is my website. I have a small brick-and-mortar training center down here in the uh, North Cross. It's just north of Atlanta where we offer both uh, private and small group strength training. We also have a great Brazilian jiu-jitsu program, an athlete that I've been training for many years who's now a black belt in jiu-jitsu, his uh, – He's opened up his academy under the same roof, and he's he's getting that that uh, up and running. He's doing a fantastic job, and he's an amazing trainer. So if you're in the area and you want some strength training or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, we're the place to come see. If people are interested in any of the books or the, the blogs, the videos, the podcasts that I do, all that is on my website. All, all the different pages and links are there. So if anybody's interested in what I'm doing, whether it's the brick-and-mortar training center or whether it's the publications, the podcasts, the online consulting and coaching that's all right there at the website so that's where they can go to find it and uh, until we have this chat again man i enjoyed today and i'm looking forward to the next one absolutely man they're always dynamite it's good stuff it's real good stuff um this is motivation muscle streaming radio if you like scott and i to do a particular show just send an email to fiorello barbell at nicap.r.com also, too, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've got, and we thank you for that. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We are on, um, well, if you want to get Eminem in your car, it's called AHA Directory, pronounced AHA. Um, and you can get it in your car 24-7. And, you know, as I said with all these shows, I read off the last three Scott and I did. The smart money on any of this stuff with motivation muscles to go out and, as Frank Klein says, repetition, repetition, repetition. Every time you go and listen to one of these shows, I guarantee you this, you will pick up something new every single time. And the thing is, you don't have to go out and purchase a big book. You don't have to subscribe. You can go right out. It's all free. It's all free to get to, and you get an awful lot of knowledge. Um if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words because we all know your words carry power and you can make or break somebody with your words. Because, you know, Scott got in this a little bit about the internal and I've gotten in this a lot and a lot more. You know, what you're carrying around with you is going to deeply affect your life for good or bad, and we know about resetting, retooling the subconscious mind. I said last night with Stevie, and I've talked to John, and John's of the same thing. I don't know if I'm going to do a podcast. We're going to do something when John comes here. I will tell you this. I am thoroughly convinced that power rack training, when done and executed properly, rewires your mind. And I mean that, too, that frontal lobe. And I'm going to prove it to you, too, because I'm telling you right now, I already know it works. It is absolutely – these middies is some of the 
besides stones and so many other things, this is some of the most intense stuff I've ever used in my training life. And I, I tell you, like I said about Danny, boy, he's sticking around here two, three more years, and we'll have him ready. I'm going to put him right in the power rack, and I'm going to start training him on mid middies. By the time he hits high school football, he'll kill people, literally. That, that why I'm doing that. But there's going to uh, – there's just so much I could share, man. And I do share a lot. But the whole mental scheme of all this stuff and everything it takes to get ready for that kind of just coming out of the hole or all over the top of it with nothing. It's all will and power. And to move it four inches and pin it and hold it when it feels like it's going to split you right down the middle. I got to tell you, you want to build tough people? (laughs) If you can buy this and sell it to them and explain it and lead by example, I'm telling you. I've been wanting to do this with my brother's football team. Give me half a dozen of them. And let's see the difference between them when they show up and the rest of the team. It will scare the living shit out of you. And once you get hit by one of these kids, you're not going to want to meet up with them again, believe me. So it is great, great stuff. It is just great to be alive, I got to tell you. It is just so damn good. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. That's for our pal Paul Thor from Wales. The guy's awesome. Gary Taylor, if you listen to this show, I know you're in Wales still. Come on on. We want you on, man. Gary Taylor, if anyone knows him, tell him to get a hold of me or find a way. Send me how to get a hold of him. I will. I'd love to get Gary on here. Um, also, too, the Domination Stone, the Hoosa Steel, um, it's in blood red. It is a brutal, brutal stone. As I said, we clear-cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. Now it has become a tidal wave that's getting higher and wider, brother. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. He's coming up on four years. We lost him to cancer. He would walk every patient in the door, no matter how busy he was, open the door as the gentleman he was, and say, keep smiling. Try that paradigm shift on your best or worst day or just go and say it you will have a smile on your face believe me um be a steward of strength obviously and don't stand on the side of the road and you know tell people about us tell people about us be part of this family there's so much material out there we've really cleaned up not that we were really hitting stuff language wise but we want to get the kids in here so much It is just so vitally important, and get the message out there. Get them involved. You know, get them involved, obviously. Um, As I always say, we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. As I say all the time, I just said some of it, be with us for the next 30 years or more. It's that important. We need you, and you need us. Les Brown, 
You'll have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And that is so important in today's world. Before I sign off with Scott, you're all winners, you're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. That's what you need to be saying to yourself. And I mean repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. It takes 21 days to make a change to your subconscious mind. That wouldn't be a bad way to start. And, of course, what I say constantly, keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Very vital. I don't know if people understand all the stuff we're talking about yet. You will. And you will make changes in your life via this show with me and Scott and Stevie and everybody else. That's going to change you forever. And there won't be any more of this shit. I can't do it. Or it's not fair. Or I'm a victim. We don't do that. We don't deal those hands here at all. We deal power and strength and pride among many things. So think about that today. When you hear this show on Sunday or Monday, think about what we say here. I mean, there's a ton of information that Scott and I talked about. Don't just skirt over it. Think. Scott, as I said, I always say best one, but... Excellent show, um, just loaded, I mean loaded with material, and it's always an honor, and thank you for being on today, sir. Thank you, man. We always get into some good stuff, and like I said, I'm looking forward to the next one, man. Hell yeah, man. We'll get it. We'll get it again. We'll get it again. Um, so everybody, have a great weekend. Um, remember, the, the world is asking something from you. Go out and share some of your knowledge. Go out and share some of your physicality. Don't be afraid to talk to people. There's a lot of good people out there. Don't listen to the news and the rest of this psycho world. Go out and meet people. Don't be afraid. And if there's a girl or a guy you've been pining on forever, go call him today or go see him. Ask him out. Go out and have some dinner tonight. I'm telling you, you start taking these risks, you're going to be so damn good. So, for Scott Shetler, this is Eric Fiorello. Go out and enjoy life. We're with you. Believe me, and you're with us. We will talk to you soon. We got a real busy next two months. The the docket is loaded. And um, I don't know. We're going to just keep living and having a good time. Remember this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.